Welcome, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. We are one week away from players reporting to the building. Now, there are plenty of players coming in the building now, coaches, staff, all that coming in now, but officially it's Wednesday, practice on Thursday. We are almost there. I'm John. This is Mark. We're almost there, Mark Vandermeer. Yeah. Almost. Let me tell you, there's some high-tech stuff going on here, Johnny. Yeah. They're building this walkthrough room that has all this virtual reality type stuff in it. It is so cutting edge, and I'm sure something will be said about it mm-hmm. once they get back and Bill O'Brien speaks and everything. But they have really taken it up a notch, and they have been previously. Anyway, last year we talked about Sports Performance Center, the weight yeah. room, the nutrition center, all of that stuff, right. and the upgrades they made there. They are going the next level now, and I know they have even more plans for next year, but this is really cool stuff. I think with this current group they have in the building, uh, there will not be any lacking in high-tech, whether it be analytics, whether it be equipment, the latest and greatest stuff. They're going to have it all here, and it's very cool. The Like you said, the walkthrough room, people are like, wait a second, walkthrough room, walkthrough room. What do you, what do you mean by walkthrough? Well, if you remember training camp, Way back in the day, there, and I know there are a lot of people going, yeah, we used to have two-a-days. Well, you don't have two-a-days anymore. Nope. Technically speaking, you don't go outside for a second practice for the most part. What you do with that second practice is you do a walkthrough. Yeah. So it's essentially, essentially a cerebral exercise to walk through. Coach will call a particular play. He'll give you the play. You line up. They'll show you a different look uh, formation-wise. You get yourself lined up to it. Everybody gets lined up. You make all your calls, and it's and it's a cerebral exercise is what it is. And having done that many, many years ago as a player, I hated walkthroughs. Well, they're well, valuable, why, but it's, they're valuable as can be. Yeah. But what ends up happening is you go in the meeting room, and you meet with your position coach. Yeah. And then you get out on the field, and you hope – that you went over everything you were supposed to in the meeting right. so that when you get out on the field and you do your walkthroughs, that you know exactly what you're supposed to do or well, what you're looking at. But, and always, it never failed because my final year, my senior year was the first year we started doing that, like the walkthrough stuff, and we were putting in a new defense. So everything that we had learned before was, I don't want to say completely different, but some of our key reads were different. Some of the way we lined up the things was different. And so when we went in there, I was like, oh, my gosh, I remember totally what we used to do. Right. But now it's, now it's different. So like, learning a new system is tough. It is. It's tough. But no, it's isn't tough. it easier to remember where you're supposed to be if you walk through it as oh, opposed yeah. to just learn it on a chalkboard? Oh, yeah, but it's still, it's still embarrassing if you make the wrong call. Well, of course. Yeah, I mean, but it's, it, you know what I like it to, though? Your daughter's an actress, right? Correct. And, and I've been in a couple of plays, a couple of shows. Yes. We're not going to go into the, which ones right. now and what parts I played, although I had the lead in both of them. But anyway, we're not going to go into that. But in high school, I was at a show, and, and the director said, who was great, he said, we're not, I don't want you to memorize one line until we block this thing. And blocking right. in, in a theater means where you're supposed to be. It's right. the plays, right? You right. stand near the couch and you say this. You walk over to the dresser and you say that. You right. walk in the front of the stage, you say this. And that way you associate every place, every line with a particular place on stage. Right. And it's much easier to memorize things that way. And I would think it's the same way with the playbook. It's Even coaching flag football, for me, it's so much easier for me to show my kids what the plays are by just lining them up saying, now you run this, you run that, you run that, because yeah. they, then they know it. Right. And I think that helps with these players, too. And this walkthrough room, 
now they they walk through stuff on the field when the field is yeah. down here at the stadium. They walk through stuff outside at the uh, end of the day at training camp. Uh, but I think this is going to be great for them because they could probably do it inside in the morning on a regular game week work day right. where you kind of get a sort of second practice out of it. That's not really a practice, but right. there is a physical uh, item to it, there, a physical facet to it in that you are walking through right. whatever your plays are going to be. Yeah, you're visualizing. You're looking at a, okay, they've got this. They're in this setup. You see the guys wearing the, the beanies. Mm-hmm. You, and you guys have all seen that at practice. If you've been to a training camp practice, you see – when the Texans are not facing a different squad in training camp, they're wearing the same jersey. A lot of them are wearing mixed jerseys because Blues offense, White's defense, I don't know if they'll change for this year. I don't know if it'll go back and forth. I don't want to be confused. That that changes during training camp, uh, White and Blue. But you see the guys wearing the beanies. That's just to give you to give you a look. Now, when you do the walkthrough, it's kind of the same thing. You're, you're walking through, and that's a lot of times when you see the coaches jump into certain positions. But I will say, as much as I didn't like it because it was always sort of challenging, you didn't want to be embarrassed, you, you were on top of it. You, you made sure you monitored your P's and Q's, so you made yeah. sure you knew where to line up, what you were doing, how you were supposed to do it, um, what, what adjustments you had to make. They're hugely valuable. Yeah. I mean, they're hugely valuable. Um, but it's just a matter of, as a player, boy, you better, you better know what you're doing or you're going to get you're gonna get called out for what seemingly is what seemingly is easy. Oh, know what you do on a walkthrough, but... Coaches will always find something that they can kind of challenge you on. So, so they report in a week. We never unreported. That's right. We've been reported for duty. We have from the get go. We have not. We have not really. We have not really left. <laughs> and so, starting Thursday, okay, as we do every year, Texas Training Camp Live, mm-hmm. right from the field. Mm-hmm. We gonna be in our same location, by the way, boss. Uh, same location. Okay. Uh, we we've uh, elevated it slightly. Okay, and it's gonna be good. Actually, there's air conditioning. We're, we have neighbors now, which is going to be the post-practice interview tent. Ooh. So we've elevated the whole thing, and it's huge. And the post-practice interview tent is air conditioned, but we are not. So, oh. so dang. No, I I did it that way on purpose. So don't get mad at me the way Andre gets mad at me when I open hold the windows up. in the booth and it's cold. <laughs> hold up, yeah, you had an opportunity to get his AC yeah. turned it down. Yeah, because I want I want to feel the heat. Tommy. Oh, Mark, I want Vandermeer. the heat. I want the heat. I want to feel the elements. It's the only way to broadcast. You got to feel I, what they're feeling. I hope your heater breaks in Green Bay this August. Yeah. Oh, you that don't need a Green to... Bay heater in August. <laughs> Although you might, it could be you, like fifty hey, degrees at night. Listen, you might. I, I just I just talked to my parents yesterday. They live, they live an hour north of Green Bay, and it can get sort of it can get sort of cool at night. As in, how about Sunday? Uh, high of seventy six, low of fifty nine. Jeez, so, summer in Wisconsin. Yeah, that so, is so good. It's going to be nice. Here's the other thing I thought about. Yeah, and kind of get back to training camp in a second. But if you think about it, the Texans really, I would think for the most part. They don't play, they don't play a game in in really a hot condition, in hot conditions. Think this about year. it. Think about it. You start with you start with Green Bay. I'm talking preseason two. Yeah, Green Bay on right. the road, which should be relatively you know. Plus, it's the first preseason. Oh, it's fine. Game. It's fine. It's gonna be mid seventies. Thursday night. Yeah. Thursday night. It's gonna be mid seventies tops. Right. Then the next road game is Dallas indoors. Indoors. Go home opener. Saints indoors. Game three. L.A., beautiful. The next game outdoors is Kansas City. That's week five. Wait, is that? No, week six, sorry. That's it's all our, the way. It's the, October. The middle of October. Yeah, you'll be fine. 
you don't play a game outside. You might have some nice foliage that trip. Maybe. But then you go back inside for for Indianapolis. Yeah. And then – What about cold weather? Well, yeah. I mean, that's where it gets a little dicey because – Baltimore. Baltimore's outside, so uh, Tennessee's pretty they, late. That could go yeah, either way. Tennessee could go either way. Could be nice. Could be not so nice. Tennessee can definitely go either way at that Tampa time. Tampa Bay of the late. Year. Tampa Bay won't be fine. Tampa Bay will be fine. Fine. But it's just a matter of only six games. Only six regular season games are played outside. London's a total wild card. I have no idea what to expect. In uh, I think London's fine. I mean, I think it's going to be okay. But yeah. I, I mean, but at that point, in the United States, we only play five outdoor games and we don't play a really like it's not gonna it's not gonna be hot so that leads me back to training camp if you're bill o'brien look la's la is gonna be la but it should be it should be nice it shouldn't be humid right i mean i was there in uh mid to late june and it was awesome i mean it was awesome i mean running outside i i i broke a sweat because i'm running but it wasn't that bad so they're really not gonna play in hot conditions so if you're bill o'brien how much of that do you take into consideration during training camp? Well, I think it's it's not about where you're playing. It's about what you can withstand here. You know what I mean? They have this gigantic cooling unit here, yeah. and they've got the practice bubble. Now, they're starting practice. This has been released, so I'm not revealing any secrets here. Right. But they're starting practice around 9, 9.15 every day. That's a late start. Oh, I love that. This is the you do. I don't. Oh, yeah. Like it. This is the latest they no, started I love practice it because, oh, because we're on the air from eight to ten, uh, so you can watch it. Yeah, yeah so like we that. can watch it. So you, you like know, that. there's going to be special teams early on. Yeah. Which I'll get in trouble with Tracy Smith because he reads my observations every single day. Uh huh. And so if I miss the first couple periods of special teams, I don't write about it because yeah. I haven't seen it. He gets so I'm, mad. Gonna, I'm gonna have to really focus on special teams later in practice, mm-hmm. but. That's that's even better because I'm only missing I'm only missing like you know thirty five maybe thirty to thirty five minutes of practice. That's pretty good. That's not bad. But I'll take that. I'm wondering how they're going to handle it because I know they're going to do some of it inside. They've got the first few days without the fans there, yeah. and the release came out today as to what is open to the fans. Mm-hmm. So they open camp not in front of the fans first few days, and then the fans will get in. And as the fans get here they'll be outside longer because they want to acclimate. Right. They want to be able to do that. Right. Now, I think I told you that Vanderkid is participating in this Clements High School outdoor conditioning thing from noon to 2 weekdays. I think it's Monday Ooh. through Thursday. I'm sure a lot noon of high schools do Yeah. Now, he's not in high oh. school, but he can participate because he's in the district. Right. And noon to 2 every day. He said they're outside doing stuff. They go into the weight room, lift some weights for a while, but they're back outside doing stuff. So, they're a, you know, people do it. People do it. But this is where NFL practice, it's tough. We'll see how they handle it. Back in Houston for the first time in three years. Yeah, and the two practices that are TBD, if you haven't seen it, those are going to be two practices where the Detroit Lions are coming here. So, they're trying, obviously, to figure out what will work with Bill O'Brien and Matt Patricia's two te- the two teams. If I were the Lions – Unless I'm opening at Miami, I would say, uh, let's be inside, please. <laughs> but you can only do so much inside with two teams. I know. But they've done it before. They've, they've with had, two teams? Yeah. I, rem- I distinctly remember, because I remember talking to Clinton Portis when the Broncos were here. This was eons ago. I think yeah, this is yeah. 04 or something. No, right. it was 05. Uh, they were here for a couple of practices prior to their preseason They went inside. Game. Yeah. Because they went inside since, the practice I know bubble. since 2014. And I can remember teams being here at practice. In 2014, the Falcons, it was outside. Yeah. Um, well, 15. It, was it hasn't been that way there. for a while. I think no, they. Had, we have not gone I want to say they were that way with the Broncos because of rain. 
Now, that could be. I mean, if it rains, yeah. you try and do whatever you can inside. We've had all sorts of wacky situations here. We had Gary Kubiak had a Zydeco band. <laughs> yeah, not, not kidding. On the field, Johnny. <laughs> on the field. In the corner by the gate where the players come in, there was a Zydeco band. This is a night practice. I don't know why he did it that way. He wanted it. And That's there the they best were. Thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it was just that kind of sounded like the Benny Hill theme when I just did there, but it was. Was it supposed to be? Was it supposed to be kind of like why Bill O'Brien plays music? A lot of teams play music to kind of create noise. I don't so you've know. Got to- I think he just said it's a night practice. Let's do it. I would have to ask him, but he asked for it and he got it. A Zydeco band. I mean, of all the things to ask for, yeah. I, know. I mean, all the things, hey, country band, rock band, something loud. Zydeco. He never had music at practice until 2013 when yeah. the wheels came off during that season. And the first week that Keenum started, that was week seven against yeah. Kansas City, I go to practice and there's music playing. And all the practices for Kubiak, other than that Zydeco band one in training camp, all the practices, when they needed noise, it was crowd noise. It was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right. And they would pipe that in. Ever since then, it's been music. Gary Kubiak from there on out, and Bill O'Brien. Music. And sometimes very colorful music. So if you had to put a if you had to put a percentage on how much you think they'll do inside during training camp, what would you say? You don't you think it's a fifty fifty split? No. I think it's um I think it's thirty. You think while the fans are out there, they'll stay out there the whole time? Most of it. Yeah. If not all of it. They might activate inside, then come outside. I think by the time the fans get out, they'll have a few days under their belts and they'll be good to go. Walkthrough rooms. New weight room two years ago. New cafeteria. Mm-hmm. Got a cooling room out by the field. And that, that cooling room apparently holds up to like, I think it's 35, 40 people or something like that. And then you didn't have us with AC out Sorry there. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. This is like when Andre gets mad when I want the broadcast booth windows open. They don't open at Kansas City, which is terrible. This is sort of like when you guys are talking about the food you get at halftime during games, yeah. and then you're talking about it during the, during yeah. the game and during breaks. Mm-hmm. So th- that's kind of like that's kind ta- of my feeling right ta- now. Oh, we go to Tampa Bay. They have bananas Foster at the half. Sorry, I'm not even going to say thank yeah. you for coming on. <laughs> not even going to say thank you for coming on, but I will because you're my boss. Mark, thank you, buddy. Thanks, Johnny. When we get back, Julio Davenport and A.J. Moore right here on Texans All Access. It's time to dive right in with offensive tackle Julian Davenport. I know it's a guy that throughout the city, Texas fans have talked about about Julian and what's going to happen. And a lot of people have said, "Hey, don't expect to see him in 2019." Texas have made some changes; they made some draft picks. Uh, listen, we'll see what happens with him. I thought he made significant strides in this offseason, and he talked to Mark and I about what needed to happen to take the next step. Next step is, you know, to consistently get my set better. You know, uh, overall, uh, just be a better player. Be everything I can be for this team and be the best player I can be for this team. Julian, last year, nine-game winning streak. There's a lot of really good moments in the year. Is there one to you that stands out more than any other from last year? Oh, I mean, you know, the winning streak was good, but ultimately we didn't get where we wanted. So, I mean, you can – take bits and pieces of the good and the bad from it but you know we got to do everything we can to come out and be the best you know we have one ultimate goal and that's all we're striving for how much does that loss to the Colts I'm sure you guys don't sit and talk about it all the time but just knowing that your teammates how much does that loss to the Colts in the playoffs kind of drive you guys oh you know it's big driver for us you know you don't want to harp on it but you know it's a lesson that you got to learn from and you know, we take it and we're making sure we fix everything we can coming into the season to be, you know, on point and be 
ready for, you know, a situation like that again to make sure that doesn't happen again. What does it mean to you to have some of the new faces in here as well? A lot of different competition bodies, guys are all in the room together. I know it's a close-knit group, but you're also competing, yet fighting for the same thing. It's kind of a weird dynamic. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the nature of our league. You know, nobody takes it too crazy in that instance where, you know, we're all bringing each other along. We're all helping each other while we're all trying to better ourselves in the meantime. So, you know, it's competitive league, and this is going to be every year. So it ain't something that you can be bitter about, but, you know, you just got to put the work in. Julian, when you think about where you were when you entered the NFL to where you are now, what what's the one thing that you probably have picked up that, I don't say impresses you, but that, that you're proud of that over the couple of years that your techniques gotten better or you've become better at doing a certain thing? Is there something that you're more proud about your game in the last couple of years? And what's that one thing that you feel like you want to continue to work on going forward? Uh, I feel like I'm proud of, you know, the way my technique's developing, but it's not quite there yet. You know, I'm still working, you know, effortlessly uh, on everything I can to, you know, better my technique and be the best at anything I can do on the field. But, you know, uh, it's it's constant grind, and basically I'm trying to implant that to where it can be second nature, you know, not have no false steps, not have no missteps, you know, everything I can to do to better that. But uh, I just want to improve on, you know, all the little things, you know, pass pro, run blocking, uh, anything I can, you know, because not everything's perfect and not everybody's perfect. What's it like to be a professional football player living in a big city like this? I mean, your your life has changed, obviously, over the last couple of years, but, but how has it changed? What can you share with us? Uh, I mean, you know, I, I'm a more low-key guy, so I try to go places and stay low-key sometimes, but it's, it's kind of hard, especially, <laughs> with, especially with how big I am. So, yeah. you know, that's a little difference in that. And coming from a small town, you know uh, – where everybody know everybody being in a city like this is is a lot of people everywhere, a lot of more things to do as well. So that's a good thing in the nature. Do you get a chance to get away? Do you travel? Do you travel outside the United States? No, actually, I took a trip to London. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, London for a little bit. Yeah. Didn't get to visit the stadium we're going to be playing in, but I went out there with one of my boys. He actually played football out there at a university yeah so he is my little tour guide and spent 10 days out there you know it was nice out there no that's awesome that's very cool what was the was your favorite thing to do in london because now you're speaking to a lot of fans that are going to end up going to the game in london Mm -hmm. so what was your favorite thing to do when you were there oh uh i mean we did a lot uh we is all over the place uh we staying in hostels oh nice uh yeah we is you did the youth hostel thing the hostel thing huh yeah that's i wasn't trying to stay in a room with too many people so we was looking for the private rooms right uh, and that's where we more so stayed in but we is all over the place man we were shopping uh i was trying out the food there yeah we actually we even went to budapest for a couple days as well (laughs) yeah nice you guys did it all yeah nice little trip do you see any good you go to soccer match i did not I wish I did. I, I'm not a huge soccer fan, but when we're over there, I so totally want to go to a soccer game. Yeah, I heard it's amazing. Because it's just the passion for that they have for soccer. I, I, I just want to see it. Yeah, I don't even care if it's nil-nil or zero-zero, whatever you call it. I don't even care. I just I just want to go see what that environment's uh-huh. like. I'm have right you thought about that, you. what playing football over there is going to be? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, as I was over there, I was just picturing, you know, people, uh, they're – they really love football more than you would think, uh, especially when I went to the university where he played at mm-hmm. and saw how they uh, 
they play American football there. His team was national champs when he was there playing. And, you know, they they really like it more than what I thought was going to be. So. How big are the linemen there? <laughs> Not that big. <laughs> <laughs> if they were to see you walking out on the field, what would they think? Oh, they'd be very scared. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't imagine what that's like, but that's I think that's the one interesting aspect about it is the fact that football is played in so many different places you don't even think about. Like mm-hmm. I mean, coming in here saying, Yeah, he played at a London university, he played American football. I mean, there are people that are like I I didn't even know London had universities that played any football at all, and I don't even know if I know anybody. I just think that's I think that's so cool. What are your what are your folks and family and everybody back home when they see you play? What's that like for them? You said you're from a small town. What's that like for them to see you come out, make it through Bucknell, and then get here to the NFL and play on a weekly basis? What's that like for them? You know, it's, it's, it's big time. Uh, you know, they knew this was a dream growing up, and to see me fulfill it, you know, it just makes everybody happy. You know, all the people in the town also very supportive, you know, follow my journey and still, you know, communicate to this day. So I'm just kind of – you know, living my own dream, but also living through them as well. It's funny. We just did a feature on Vincent Smith coming from a really small school. Not um, Bucknell's huge compared to Limestone, yeah. right? Yeah. And, of course, uh, the Texans just drafted Titus Howard out of Alabama State. You came from Bucknell. But w- what is it about that, a, a smaller program or whatever, that, that has an effect early on? And how do you shake that off early on? Is that overrated or is it taken out of uh, context, really, when people talk about guys coming from, quote, smaller schools? I mean, yeah, it's, it's taken out of context to a little bit. But, I mean, once you – the the big thing is just to get here. Once you're here, all that's thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got to put in the work and develop and show your team or any other team what you can do to make sure you stay in this league and last. So uh, the only thing they can say about it is, I guess, some underdevelopment stuff like that but you know uh it got you got here so right obviously you had the skill set good enough to be here there he is julian davenport joining us that was a really fun interview especially i'm talking about london and going over to london and uh having that trip over there and thinking about where the texas will play in week nine against the jacksonville jaguars now a guy that was instrumental in joining this team after he was claimed on waivers is A.J. Moore. He sat down with Drew Doherty and talked about a number of different things, his impact on the 2018 team, wants he, what he wants to do in 2019, and being a twin. You're not the only twin on the team. You've also got Deontay Foreman. He's got a twin brother. Really? Yeah, you didn't know that? I did not know that. That's cool. You guys got to connect. What's it like having a twin? I mean, that's, that's a bond that no one else really knows about. I think it's special. I definitely feel like it's a blessing, but it's it's also super cool, though, just to have the twin moments and to just also look at someone and be like, yo, you look just like me. It's, it's pretty awesome. What's the latest twin moment that you've had? The latest one was, so he just signed with his team in, uh, in Detroit, and I was singing a song earlier that day. Early in the day, he had nothing, uh, he, he knew nothing about it. We got on the phone at, later, and he was singing the same exact song, same exact words. I'm like, bro. Hold up, was I singing that in front of you? He was like, no, but we was thinking the same song. How often do you guys talk? Too much. Every day, all day. We can just be on the phone and not even say nothing, but it's just it's just cool to be on the phone. And we'd be on the game. We'd be on the game uh, on the headsets talking all day. But on the flip side, I'm guessing growing up, you guys were also and, and still are also very, very competitive? Most definitely, yeah. 
over everything. Of course, like who's better physically, the fastest, strongest, who could eat the most, who could drink water the fastest. Who gets in the front seat first. Right. Well, that's, yeah, right. everything. Everything. That's awesome. You lead the team in special teams tackles last year. How do you grow on that? How do you improve upon that? Most importantly, uh, staying healthy just so I can get ready for my body to be able to perform again at a high level. There's always room for improvement, so I go back, I watch my worst plays that I think were my worst plays, and I just I try to find a way to eliminate those plays. By doing that, that would automatically make me better by eliminating my bad plays. Last year, the Texans were one of the best, and they were the best in a lot of different categories, special teams-wise. And before that, it had been a pretty dark story. How much pride do you take in that? I mean, you led the team in special team tackles, and it's one of the best, probably the best special teams units this team, this franchise has ever had. I definitely take a ton of pride in it. It's definitely a fun group to be around, uh, to be with the boys. But I've always been pretty big on special teams since college. My coach once told me the best way to make it to the NFL and to stay in the NFL is playing special teams. So since then, my freshman year of college, I mean, I've been big on special teams, and I always wanted to be the best. It's funny. We were talking with Buddy. He was saying, you know, before you guys go down on a kickoff or a punt, you're all talking together. Who's going to make the, the tackle? And I was like, well, who, which guys? And he, he said, you, Callum Bay, him, Johnson Batamosi. And it's no surprise, those are the four leaders in those categories. What's it like having those teammates there that embrace that role like you do? It's great just to have someone beside you knowing that they have your back and they're just as hungry as you are. And so we just work as a team, man, to just go and dominate our opponent. What's next for the Texans special teams units in 2019? We definitely made a big jump from, of course, hearing, seeing this, the statistics from last year. But we just want to we want to play better as a unit, eliminate the bad plays, and we'll let the stats take care of itself. We just want to play as one. When Texas Tech came in here to play Ole Miss last year, Jordan Thomas was at the game, and he went to Mississippi State. And so I asked him, I said, look, I know you went to Mississippi State, but do you know anybody in the Ole Miss team? He said, oh, man, I know, I don't know all them guys. And he, and he said, twins. And at the time, I just kind of nodded my head. I'm like, the twins. Like, I'm thinking on Ole Miss, like, who are the twins? Who are the twins? That day or the next day, we claimed A.J. Moore on waivers. And it was when we claimed A.J., when I figured it out, I was like, oh, C.J. Moore. Oh, C.J. Moore, who's still at Ole Miss, now with the Lions. And A.J., they were the twins. I got it. So Jordan Thomas kind of gave me the heads up on that. So that was, uh, that was a story. So he says the twins, that's what he's talking about, A.J. and C.J. More to you guys in the NFL. Congratulations to them. Great interviews with both AJ and Julian. Now, when we get back, Drew's going to stay with us. We're going to do some over-unders. And just letting you know the phrase, there's a plate of homemade wishes on the kitchen windowsill, will be mentioned in the following segment. If you know what it is, then good for you. Hashtag 80 is enough. We'll see you in a bit right here on Texas All Access. One final segment of this Wednesday night edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John, alongside my partner, my in-lab partner, my office mate, like neighbor, mm-hmm. my man Drew Doherty. What's, What's up, going Drew? on, buddy? Not much, man. Uh, Just been face-apping it up? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, my buddy Lance Erline did his. Uh-huh. It's so funny because I know his dad. Larry, who coached with the Cardinals, the Browns, uh, coached U of H for a long time. Uh, Larry's awesome. He tweeted that out, and I went, oh, my gosh, what's up, Larry? I mean, it looked just like his dad. (laughs) It was amazing to look at. So, yeah, those things are kind of freaky. It's it's like Terminator 2. Remember in 91 when that came out? Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of that as far as, like, they had the the liquid magma guy. Like, that's how – Mind blown, I am. Well, 
the, to go on top of that, uh, oh, what's her name? Linda Hamilton, mm-hmm. who plays some... Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor, yeah. yeah. She's back in the new Terminator movie. Right. So it's almost like it's almost like doing that because if you watch that movie, you look at her, and I mean, she's a beautiful woman. She's even you know beautiful now, but mm-hmm. it's like you can see like the face app of like what thirty years essentially does. I don't know. It's- yeah, somebody clever on Twitter. I can't remember who it is, but I just saw it today. You know, it's this this app is evidently run by a company out of Saint Petersburg, Russia. So oh, of course, yeah. So who knows what's going on? But this somebody clever today tweeted something along the lines of. Now the Terminators are getting their blueprints for their faces for the future. <laughs> I, was, I was like, that's really good. That's yeah, pretty that good. Really good. That's pretty good. I figured, having you in, Drew, that we would do – how you feel about some over-unders? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, now, that. do you want to just do a straight-up over-under, or do you want me to give you kind of the either-or over-under? Hmm. Let's do, uh, let's do whatever you want to do. Okay. I, I, All right, let's I like, mix it up. I'll go down rabbit holes. Let's, yeah. go, let's, let's mix it up a little okay. bit. Okay. All right. Who has more? The Sean Watson passing touchdowns okay. or Baskin Robbins flavors? I think he's going to have more than 31 this year. I think Deshaun Passing Watson, touchdowns only. Yes, over. Okay. Yes, I think he's going to have over 31 passing touchdowns. Had 25 last year. Yeah. The Texans' record is 29. Mm-hmm. And you're saying he's going plus, at least – to thirty two, so yeah, he's you going know, because I think plus you're seven because and I th- then plus three over the record. Yes, because I think you're gonna see much more of Will Fuller and Kiki Q T. Mm-hmm. And I also think you're gonna even get some more production out of the tight ends. Yeah. So yeah, I do think he's gonna crack that. You had four touchdowns last year from your tight ends. Jordan Thomas was all of them. You had double digits uh with DeAndre. I think he had eleven. Mm-hmm. I think it's eleven. So that was 15 of the 25. And when they've played together, they've averaged a touchdown a game. Watson to Will Fuller, right. and then you mix in QT. You mix in random guys like catching it from the running back spot. Right. Maybe a Vincent Smith gets one here, two or there. Uh, maybe there's a fifth receiver that gets in the mix. I yeah, I do think you're you're going to see him break that. So let's say the okay, let's say DeAndre gets ten, mm-hmm. just ten. I mean, he probably can do twelve. And I, think do more. I think you're going to be a lot low. of shootouts too. I think you're going to be in games where you got to throw. I think I think you're probably right. So the game that I think about is the Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. It's on Sunday night in 2017, the unfortunate night that J.J. and Whitney got hurt. Shot through five touchdowns in that game. Yep. I mean, I'm losing 42-34 um, for a number of reasons. But uh, Alex Smith was a dude that night. The So let's say, okay, let's say DeAndre gets 12. Say Will, who averages, I think, a touchdown every time he plays with Deshaun. Let's say he just, let's, let's, well, let's just be conservative. Let's go 12 for him, too. Okay. Because that's 24. Right. So Kiki... Five to six. Mm-hmm. Tight ends in total, five to six. Yeah, there you go. You get a, You're going to get a Lamar Miller. A you get Deontay a Lamar Foreman. Miller or get, yeah, Smith gonna, or Deontay Foreman. They're going to run one in. They'll get they'll the get a, they'll get a passing touchdown. I think you're probably right. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Deshaun Watson passing touchdowns beats Baskin Robbins flavors. Okay. Next one. Let's make this a true over under. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins catches. In 2019, I'm setting the over/under at 107 and a half. I kind of think it'll be under that because of so many more weapons and options available. Yep. I still think he's going to get a lot of catches, a lot of targets, but I think because 
I really I really believe the tight end group is going to be better this year, and you're going to find that Watson's going to go to them a lot more. I think. Look at look at what we've seen from Foreman out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. His his best highlights have all been catches. Yeah, his true. Best highlights have all been catches, except right. for the two touchdown runs against Arizona as a rookie. Yep. And then, like I, I just said it a moment ago, Fuller and QT are going to gobble up some catches too. So that's not a bad thing if, if Hopkins goes under that right. number. I still think he's going to be insanely productive and still the best receiver in the game. In the last four seasons, last four years, he's gone over that number twice. In 2015, he had 111 mm-hmm. for 15, 21. First Pro Bowl year, yeah. 11 touchdowns. And uh, then this past year... 2018, he had 115 receptions, 1,572 yards, 11 touchdowns. Now, in 2017, where he shared it a little bit more with Will, his yards per catch were up. He actually had a higher yards per catch, 14.4 yard average, but his volume was down. Down. It was a 96, but he did have 13 touchdowns. So, I think you're. I think you're probably dead on. If if Will plays a full year, you get QT for a full year. I think you might see more touchdowns for Hopkins, and he, actually for all of them. He was the only thing going there in the receiving core and tight end core, basically, for chunks of the last two seasons. Yeah. I mean, you really didn't – you had guys with very limited experience out there right. alongside him, so it was kind of like you had to feed him. And that's he, a good thing. You do want to feed him. Yeah, but, there's no question. But now you have more options, more weapons around him. I think you're right. Okay. Uh, how about a non-Texans one? Okay. All right. Who has more? Cleveland Browns have wins, 2019 wins, okay. or the number in the Van Patten family in Sacramento, i.e. eight is enough. Eight is enough. Yeah. So Did they have eight kids or were there six kids? There were six eight? kids and two parents. Yeah, okay. Eight is enough. Yeah. Eight is enough to fill our lives with love. <laughs> please, so you're saying- please tell me you'll sing a line with a plate full of wishes. Uh, my friend Frank is listening, and he will know exactly uh, what that's all about. <laughs> I, that was a good show. And there were about five different seasons where Willie Ames would look oh. right beyond the camera and get really angry at whoever he was talking to and say, this is 1979. <laughs> and then he'd say, this is 1980. And then he'd go on <laughs> about like why whatever this person was talking to him about was being so old-fashioned. Have I ever told you? Uh, oh, I know the Willie Ames, Ames story. I love the Willie Ames story. I think we story. might save the Willie Ames yeah. story for uh, for in the lab story time one day, <laughs> which is but, absolutely fantastic. But you're saying the over under eight for the Browns? I, I, I think they're going to go under. I, I'm with you. I'm not sold on them yet. I'm, I'm not either. I'm not either. I America's I am darlings. sold. I am sold on the individual talent. Like I I mean, it's hard to question OBJ, Jarvis Landry. Like I I'm not. I'm not questioning that. I think Baker Mayfield's going to be a really good quarterback. I do think in year two there are some hiccups. You start seeing some different things. Teams are doing some different things. You've got to process things a little bit better. I'm not totally sold on the offensive line in front of him. Mm-hmm. I think it's decent. I mean, it's good, but it's. I don't think it's tremendous. And I think defensively there's Miles Garrett, there's Denzel Ward, and I know I know they love Joe Schobert, but I, other than that I'm like, oh, okay, there's some decent players, mm-hmm. Larry Ogunjobi and – Jannard Avery, some good players that in, in due time, I think the secondary could get torched. So I, I think they could be in a lot of shootouts too. So uh, I'm with you. I'm, I think the ceiling for them, the ceiling is nine. Yeah. So I, I would be with you. I'm going with the Van Pattens on that one. You know, were you kind of 
sad about it like I was that Merle the Pearl never went farther than yeah, AAA. I, w- I was very sad. I thought big things were in his future. I was future. very sad. I wanted to see him in a big league uniform, which they would never show on it is enough because copyright like and all that. The next Mark Langston or next – was he a lefty or a righty? Remember? I think he was a righty. Yeah. I think he was a righty. So he's probably like the next um, – Yeah, because I tried to mimic him, so like he Scott. definitely was a right-hander. Yeah. I mean, he was probably scuffing. There's no that was that was on Channel 20, right, in reruns back then? I never uh, saw it reruns, I never yeah. saw it, like, in its Live, it was ABC. Yeah, I never saw that, because yeah, I was a I'm little showing, guy, but... Showing mm-hmm. my age. Anyway. Showing my age. Uh, okay, let's go back to Texas for this one. Who has more Justin Reed interceptions in 2019 mm-hmm. or the number of college national championships in the quarterback room? You've got two with A.J. McCarron and one with Deshaun Watson. Oh, Reed will get That's more than three. three. Yeah, Reed will get, get more than three. three. Yeah, I do. Because I think um, – He tied for a team lead last year with Andre Howe with three. I think the Watt Clowney pressure up front will help help out with that. But I also think his being in the system another year, doing the film work another year, yeah. getting more – more starts. He only started 12 games. Yeah, that's true. I think I was, he's going to start every game. I was so. going back today, and I was watching week two. I'm kind of watching the games in order. I, I'm a pretty sick individual, because so I went back and I watched all 62 sacks because I wanted to do that. And I, then I went back, and I'm kind of going back and watching games, just to, especially the ones early in the season. Mm-hmm. A, the Texans didn't play very well, so I'm looking for things that, you know, how did they change things? What did they change? How did they adapt? All that kind of stuff. Uh, and so I was on week two, and I was watching, and I was like, he's not on the field. And then you see him pop on the field, like, oh, okay, there he is. Mm-hmm. And what really stood out is when he went on the field, he was making a play. Against the Titans, yeah. And made plays. Mm-hmm. And so that really is kind of what kept him, like, pushed him forward to get that starting spot. And now, I mean, where would you be without him? So I'm like you. I, I, I hope there's more than three. Um, and I, I do think that if with Deshaun Gibson, if Gibson takes a lot of the reps covering the tight ends, that leaves Justin free a little bit more, maybe that gives him an opportunity to make some more plays on the ball. I can't wait, man. I, I really – just more opportunities. You're going to get you – know, I, I think he'll start every game, whereas last year he only had 12. It, and even though he didn't start in those four, he still played a heck of a lot like you're talking about. But I just think more reps, and he's going to be called upon to have a bigger role, bigger role on this team. Yeah, I think he'll get. Over under, number of rookies that start in week one at New Orleans, I'm putting the over under at two. Going over or are you going under? I think Max Sharping will start after that. I think Titus starts. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't think... surprise me if those two both start. So you got to either go one or three, basically, because I set the number at two. Hmm. I didn't. I made it a little bit more difficult that way. Sean Pendergast will be proud of me because of the yeah. way I set that number, forcing you to make a decision on one or three. Now, two gets you a push, so it's probably not a bad bet to make to go over if you think two of them. So do you think – Wearing starts. Do you think Howard starts? Yeah, I think I'll go over because I think there's going to be a combo of factors. Lonnie Johnson starts. I mean, sometimes starts, yeah. I'll be honest, sometimes starts I think are kind of foolhardy. Because there's nickel packages, dime packages. Yeah, I mean, especially yeah. with like tight ends and corners. And, I think and if you're going that, if you're going with that, then yeah, I think they'll go over. I think it'll be over. Yeah. I think it's going to, I don't, I don't know what tells me. I think three just adding up injuries. I do think rookies will be a factor. Maybe three's rich. I, that's why I set the number at two because I kind of think it'll be two. I think they're going to go tight end heavy a lot. Like I think I think you're going to see a lot of two, three tight end sets. So with that I in think mind, you could, I think you could see that. I, Absolutely, that's why I think you'll see wearing out there. I think because you have three guys that can do three different things. Really, mm-hmm. I think you can win matchups. I think you can stay. You can show run looks. I think the one thing that that 
that Bill O'Brien would love to do with this offense and, and Tim Kelly as well is we're going to show you we're going to show you different looks. I'm sorry, we're going to show you the same look, same formation, same personnel, and we're going to you know same under center or gun, same show you the same thing and run four or five different things out of it. Mm-hmm. And so you have really no answers. So what you decide to do. We're going to okay. Well, you decide you're going to play nickel against us, or we're going to run because we got three tight ends on the field. Yeah, you know, you decide you're going to play base defense against us. Okay, well, we're going to take advantage because we can throw the football against us. That's why I think I do think you'll see, and the Texans do run a good portion of twelve personnel, one back, two tight ends. They run a little bit of thirteen personnel. They've done that, but I think you'll see twelve personnel a, a good bit. I think it forces defenses to have to balance up. Like, if you, you can balance them up with 12 personnel. Totally. Putting a tight end and hop on one side and a tight end and will on the other side. There's a lot you can do with that, just balancing things up like that and forcing teams to make a declaration. Um, and if you want to at that point, just run the football. And mm-hmm. so different things, motion shifts and all that kind of plan. Yeah, so go, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll go over that on it, yeah. I think, I think Holly just getting the field. The respect that Madden 20 showed him, he's the highest-rated rookie in the Texans. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He was number one. Mm-hmm. Number two was Lonnie Johnson. Oh. Number three was Titus Howard. Hmm. Number four was Johnny Dixon. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, interesting stuff that Madden came out. People were not too happy with the, the Madden ratings no. across the board. No. And by people, I mean those players that were being <laughs> rated. <laughs> they were none too pleased about it, uh, to say the least. Okay, uh, last one. Who has more? Texans defense sack total or Deshaun Watson total touchdowns. So you said a little while ago, I think it's to refresh Watson. Just to refresh, you said Deshaun would go over to thirty-two. You go thirty over thirty-one. So you said thirty-two. He'll still run least. for two or three or four scores. Okay, so um, might even catch one. So if he mm-hmm. goes. Did you hear what I just said? Ooh, I heard it. Let's move along. I heard it, yes. Sack totals. You probably get into the 40s, maybe. Could you get to the 40s? Could Deshaun get to the 40s? I'm, I would say. I'm going to say Watson. I'm going to go with a Watson. On I that would one. say sacks. I think it's you close. Think so. I huh? would go sacks. Okay. I would say sacks. That's a good one. We'll track that one throughout the year. Yeah, we're going to. That one we different on that one. Mark this down. Write it down. July 17th, I say sacks. Drew says touchdowns for Deshaun, and, and we'll check it out. It is enough to fill our house with love. No better way to end the show than that right there. But thanks to Drew, Julian Davenport, A.J. Moore, Mark Vandermeer, you guys for listening. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And as always, go Texans.